0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Buzz. Not actually one up, of course. Well, we might as well put everything under one umbrella in this entertainment podcast thing. But I'm... And I know this is Dave's podcast, but I haven't even asked him. Uh, but I thought I'd check. one has got its own thing, but Buzz is its own umbrella. So I thought we'd move it over here, but I'll do the gaming side so Dave doesn't have to worry about that. But... I am with Carl still, so don't worry about that. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, Guy.
1: Glad to be back on the horse after we uh, months of promising it on, on Nina's shows. So I'm glad I finally delivered on that plug.
0: <laughs> well, we went through, we literally our last Skype chat, which we're recording now, is Darwin's being announced. So that's how long ago it was. Yeah, so we've basically done the entire season, <laughs> you know, talking about video games. Uh, I blame Liverpool. that's what I'll go with there um but Carl soon as this is the first one in almost a year i mean what what have you played this year <laughs> has it been all right <laughs>
1: um not a lot to be honest obviously i i know you know I, I got married towards the end of last year and then was on honeymoon and i kind of was very excited about kind of getting back from honeymoon and getting into, to playing things again. But then we got a, a dog and things like that kind of got in the way. So I've only kind of recently started to play things again. Um, but I haven't managed to play anything of note. Um, I've been back playing, uh, for my sins. I've been back playing League of Legends with my mates. Uh, we've kind of gotten the odds night in here or there. Um, which, which has been a good laugh. And then outside that, I've kind of just been dabbling with the, the Switch. Um, I played some kind of uh, classics on Nintendo Switch Online, like uh, Kirby's Dream Land and Super Mario Land 2. Um, some some Game Boy classics there, and also I play been playing at the moment the uh, the first Dragon Quest, the, the the remake that came out for for the Switch and uh, smartphones, and I'm playing it on on the Switch. As I said, it's a uh, it's a very you know I love my JRPGs as people who've been listening to us for for a long time will know um but it's it's very kind of bare bones you know you would very much know it was one of the first ones but it's just in you know it, it's not great if i'm honest it's definitely very dated but it's just kind of interesting to kind of see where the the genre that i love so much came from uh how
0: about yourself guy what have you been playing recently <sighs> a Bit of just the standard stuff really apex legends mostly recently um there's new stuff on there. I won't bore people, but there's a new rank system and it's quite easy to level up. So I've been uh, abusing that basically. Um, Overwatch 2. I mean, it's not in the new segment, but I'm sure people saw the PVE got not well as a standalone. It got cancelled and it's getting molded in, into its own thing. And since then, I just couldn't be arsed playing it. Um, it's like it's probably the one game I'm actually good at. Like, in terms of PvP and all that jazz. Whereas back back in the day, when I was in my prime, I could actually play Call of Duty. But Overwatch, of what just, it's probably one of my favourite games ever. But it's just, just keep letting me down. Letting everyone down in that community. It's really annoying. Um, yeah, I mean... I
1: mean, Sorry, uh, you, I'm, I'm funny enough, like I was listening to another podcast there at the, during the, the week and they were talking about that as well and like I'm I'm right there with you. Like I really enjoyed Overwatch and I say I, I was actually okay at Overwatch. You know, when I tried my hand at Fortnite or whatever, I was terrible, you know, but but at Overwatch I could I could reasonably hold my own and I, I played it with my my nephew which was a lot of fun you know to, to be able to play something with him and and you know I was excited to, to kind of get to grips with Overwatch 2 but then when it came out it was just
0: all it was just lambasted and it just completely put yeah. me off
1: I haven't even tried it yet to be honest
0: thing is it's just, it's Overwatch 1 with one less person but that's it Oh, oh no no I've heard that the, yeah. the maps now like
1: the maps that were during the night time are now during the day and the maps that were yeah.
0: <laughs> during the day I
1: mean uh, that's revolutionary you know that's yeah
0: it's, it's <laughs> worth the number two alone you know well that's the thing and the thing about the PvE I, I understand making it free to play and then you uh, monetize skins yada yada yadda and put a battle pass in that's fine They've still got to work on the pricing because it's still stupidly expensive for what it is. And they've got to put in a way of earning the in-game currency um, properly. Because that, I think most people I, I don't know how experienced you are with Apex, but their battle pass, you earn the currency. Um, and then there's currency to unlock skins and then there's currency that's like to buy recolours of guns um, and like new heroes and stuff like that. Whereas in Overwatch, you get legacy credits, which you can buy, like, crap-tier skins. So basically the crappy re- uh, recolours of skins. But you can't buy anything from the store um, with those credits. Um, so you, they need to work a way around it and make it so you can earn s- s- proper stuff in the battle pass. Whereas I think... The quality of the Battle Pass is actually good. It's good for whatever it is, seven quid a month or whatever. It's not that bad, and obviously you you don't need the Battle Pass to technically play. Um, But, yeah, they need to rejig some things on that game, Um, and they need to balance the game properly because some, some of it's like, it was clearly built for six v six, so like having one shot heroes and stuff like that. I've gone on a tangent already, and I don't really care. <laughs> or what? Just doing this time. So it, I'm sure people who play it know Widowmaker sniper character. When you've got two tanks, that's okay because one of the tanks can go deal with her. Where it's got one tank on certain maps, it's near on impossible. So if they've got a better sniper, they win. The team wins. That's it. It's basically that. So I. <laughs> Basically, I think it was a cash grab to turn it into a sequel, which, you know, Activision Blizzard uh, do that. But as a game itself, it's still fantastic. But, yeah, they're they're kind of screwing the pooch on that one. Um, What else have I played? I've gone back on Wasteland 3 yesterday. It's fine. It's just something to play. Um, I was on holiday when Jedi Fallen Survivor came out. And I probably would have bought it, but now I'm like, I might as well just wait for Diablo. It's kind of got to that stage. So I think I'm just going to wait for Diablo rather than get Jedi Fallen Survivor. But I haven't really played anything single player in a while. I played Valheim for a bit when that came to Game Pass before I went on holiday. Um, but that's about it, really. Um, but there's not, there's nothing really till Starfield comes out in the Xbox showcase and may dampen that slightly. <laughs> um uh, we what we movie? we.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, speaking of games that have disappointed, I suppose on the Xbox side, there was the the recent release of Redfall, which yeah, uh, I have has, has tanked a bit, and I I feel that was de- that was definitely a, a guy game. You know, I think you, you you probably would have picked that up if if uh, if if not for how bad things are. And to be honest, it's a, it's a me game too. I, I love mm. Arcane, you know. I've you know I've, I've lyrical about Dishonored it on this very podcast before, but um. It well, just it that, yeah. does not look good, and, and from its very from its very first reveal, I I I think it's kind of been meh, and if anything, it's just gotten worse from there. I think we talked about it last summer when it was revealed, and you know when it was shown off, and, and we thought oh, it looks it looks looks average, but you know maybe it's just it it'll obviously it's arcane, it'll be better, you know, but but clearly no. <laughs>
0: well, it's the, the thing is, I would have given it a go, but. Like I can forgive being like cartoony, not the greatest graphics, yada yada yada, as long as it's fun. Like, let's tip Left 4 Dead is probably the inspiration behind it. Obviously, not exactly the same. Left 4 Dead doesn't have the greatest gameplay, but it's hella fun. But a game in 2023 as Xbox's first non-Forza like big game to come out, and it's 30 FPS in 2023, really? And apparently it's full of bugs and all that shit, and it's already been delayed. I'm, i I think the, that's another story. All every game getting delayed or it's just crap on release. It either, yeah, either delay it for a year or it's crap on release. That just seems to be the issue nowadays. Um uh, But no, Redfall was a big letdown. That's probably why I was kind of being a bit bitchy about this podcast in the chat. I just couldn't be asked but now that I'm here, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Xbox is just—it's almost been as crap as Liverpool. <laughs> um, but yeah, Redfall's a disappointment. But uh, no, at this stage, I think I'm just going to play my uh, my battle royals and hopefully Overwatch at some point. But Diablo—I think is it Diablo. I can't remember if it's the start of June
1: or the middle of June. Yeah, Diablo's out next month. Um, yes. I've actually, my friends and I have long had we we all picked up Diablo Two Remake a few months ago, and when it was on sale for next to nothing, and have great plans of playing it together, but still haven't quite gotten it going. So I think Diablo Four's launch is serving as a r- reminder that we have to have to get on that because I mean I'm I'm a big Diablo fan. I played the the first one um so much as a kid and. Uh, then obviously the the third one, then when that came out, was was a big one for me as well. So I definitely want to try out four, but I I, I feel I need I can't allow myself to get four and play four until mm. we we played two because um it, it's it's just gonna plan long long in the can. Um, actually,
0: six, something not too far away.
1: Yeah, yeah, only two two weeks. Um, something not not a game, but something gaming related. I I did watch the Super Mario movie last night. Oh, you I, the
0: song—the song's been stuck in my head for a month, but I haven't seen it. It's—it's
1: <laughs> it's good, uh, you know. It's not amazing. It's, it's not mind blowing. It's—it's definitely not. You know, I, I wouldn't even put it on the the same level as um, like the, not nearly as as like Detective Pikachu, or you know, for me that's still the the top kind of Nintendo property movie. But it, it it was good, um, you know. Obviously, with Illumination, you know, it's going to be good animation, and um, there's some kind of good jokes in there, kind of a, adult jokes, you know, kind of hit, hidden in there for 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 those of us. Um, I, I quite liked Toad, you know, um, you know, t- Toad's my dude, um, <laughs> and there was there was a lot of video game references that were were fun. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely recommend it. You, you know, for anyone who grew up with, with Mario, you know, there's, there's definitely an air of of nostalgia in there. Um, so I, I would recommend that for for people. But um,
0: how, how was Chris it, Pratt? I have actually not been overly bothered. Was it as bear, was it as a uh, unbearing as it seemed at first? I think like I
1: started the movie and I I turned to to my wife and I said, like, so what do you think, of Chris Pratt's voice? And and she was like, oh, it's all right, you know, like and and that's really it. Like you kind of, you, at first, you're kind of, like, oh, it's Chris Pratt, he's Mario, but after like ten minutes of the movie, you kind of just forget it. Like you know, he's he's probably the least impressive, and not not to, to knock him like, but I I, I think you know I, I much prefer all the other
0: performances. Yeah. Um, I think Mario's the one with the most iconic voice, to be fair, out of the out of the game. So, it's the toughest gig, yeah, I think.
1: They have a, a cameo from uh, Charles Martinet as the, 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 the original Mario in it, which is, is oh, yes. fun. But uh, no, like the, the, some of the forms are quite quite good. As I told, really good. Uh, obviously, Jack Black as um, Bowser is really good. Uh, Charlie Day as Luigi. Just unfortunately, he's underutilized, and I gather that's feedback that a lot of people have had um but yeah no no it's a, it's an enjoyable movie you know nothing nothing amazing but as far as a, a video game adaptation goes like it's it's solid you know it's a good good mm. movie i would would recommend to to kind of mario fans out there um i mean speaking of uh video game adaptation i know you did it you you did a whole pod on on the last of us didn't you from right
0: yeah there, i was UK. literally going to ask you have you watched it because i haven't yet i i have
1: um yeah, we were actually quite slow because when we it first came out was when we had the dog, and back then obviously as a young pup, you, you tried to sit down to watch something and she would just be destroying things and you'd be chasing yes. around the room. So we had to actually abandon it for a solid two months. But we came back to it there a few weeks ago and we we binge watched it across a couple of evenings. And I have to say, like it's it's fun. fun like that's top grade. You know, if, if Mario's kind of mid middling for for video game adaptations you know the last of us is top top notch like it's 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 as good as it gets like it may be the best video game adaptation i've ever seen and i I like the way they kind of changed made a few couple little tweaks compared to the game to to keep things fresh so that even us who played the game and i think i've played through it twice at this point you know that there was still surprises in there for us and i'm i'm very Interested to see kind of how, how it goes. Don't, don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I'm very interested to see how they go with with uh, the second ado- uh, adapting the second game, and, and potentially has been rumored they might even kind of do a bit kind of what took place between the two games. So I'm, I'm excited for that. But what a fantastic adaptation!
0: Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to watch it at some point. Um, it's just annoying because I, I used to have Sky, and then we moved to Virgin TV. Because it was a lot cheaper. But the channel it was on when it was coming out, Virgin Media doesn't have that. So I was like, oh, I want to watch it. So I will find proper legal legal ways of watching. <laughs> uh yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, any other thing we want to bring up before we move on to the news?
1: No, I, I think that's kind of, uh, that's all I had on, on my mind anyway for now.
0: Right. Would you like to take us through the new first news item then?
1: Yeah, so our first news item, PSVR2 sales at 600,000 six weeks after launch, Sony confirms. And this comes from Liam Croft over a Push Square. And Liam writes, Sony announced in its business segment meeting on May 24th that PSVR 2 sales were just shy of 600,000 six weeks after the 22nd of March 2023 launch. This means purchases of Sony's latest VR headset are 8% up on the launch of the original PSVR device across the same release period. The data covers sales through until the beginning of April, so the headset will have surpassed the aforementioned stat as we approach June. For the past couple of weeks, the jury's been out on whether PSVR 2 has been selling well or not, with conflicting reports stating things have been off to a, quote, slow start, end quote, while another paints a rosier picture. What we can now say for sure is the Bloomberg report claiming 270,000 units had been shipped by the end of March was categorically untrue. Sony had already sold over double by that point. Most recently, PlayStation head Jim Ryan said it's too early to accurately judge the popularity of the headset. Quote, PSVR 2 has just been launched, so it may be a little early to judge its popularity, but we are happy to see many positive reactions from users and the media, end quote. It's worth noting PSVR 2 was only available for purchase from Sony's own PlayStation Direct website, with availability at other retailers only just rolling out. So you can read the full story over at Push Square. Um, so yeah, not 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 the worst numbers for for PSVR 2. And again, it's it's funny. It's been such a gap since we did the podcast. It feels like we were only talking about kind of the announcements about it not so long ago.
0: Yeah, it does, and it it's weird because obviously as the Xbox person, I've never really been overly asked about PlayStation about VR. I almost said PlayStation, eh? <laughs> that's almost true. Um, Oh, yeah, tried God of War 2. I need to go back to that. i should i do that. Well, but that was a long time ago. Um, anyway, this VR thing. Um, I mean, if I was a PlayStation person, I think I probably would like VR. It's just I think if I bought one, it would be just end up in the corner being dusty. But I suppose that's kind of the, the niche of it. Um, but no, it seems to be very good sales um, or promising sales. Um, I suppose the next step is making it more affordable but obviously we're still kind of in the launch period aren't we so once it goes down in sales it'll be interesting to see if it can branch out a bit in terms of like all-time sales which i I, I have no idea what the numbers would be on that but and it's one of the niche niche things about playstation whilst playstation is the industry leader but it's one of the added niches to the to the uh solidity let's go with that word of, of playstation itself but i mean have, have you ever been tempted to get psvr
1: yeah i mean i think i think i said it when we were talking about this last year that like it, it there came a point where i said to myself right i'm gonna go get a psvr there's a handful of games out that i'd like to try and so this is the time to do it and then when i went on sites nowhere had any left like they were completely gone and it was just people kind of selling them uh up, up marked on ebay and, and the like and you know I was, I was disappointed because there had been an opportunity for me to get one i think it was argos uh kind of the, the black friday before for ridiculously cheap and i i passed it up um so at that point i was like right, i right i'm gonna I'm gonna pick a PSVR And then they kind of hit me with the double whammy. They're like, oh, it's not backwards compatible. And then also it's 500 euro, (laughs) you know, and that was kind of like, you're OK. You know, like it's like I want to try VR, but I don't want to try VR that much. Now, since then, I've kind of hinted and hawed about an Oculus. And I do feel I will probably cave at some point and get an Oculus if they don't announce kind of a significant price drop for the psvr2 before that point but i do really want to get in on on vr because it's, it's something that's always intrigued me and the, the little bit i have tried of it i i have enjoyed um i just say i don't think it's a primary kind of you're going to do vr every day you know a lot of times it's going to sit in a corner so for that that's the reason why really I, I couldn't justify 500 quid for it but but certainly a little bit cheaper than that and I would be very tempted because it is it, it's quite impressive what they're, they're they're doing with VR these days. And I and, know and we'll be talking about a couple of VR titles when it comes to talking about the PS events. So, um, yeah, no, it, it's it, it's intriguing. Like, hopefully I'm glad PSVR 2 is doing as well as it is, despite the high prices, because obviously if it had failed, and, and some of the numbers that were being reported a few weeks ago are really damning. Like if it had failed, that that probably would have meant that PlayStation would have given up on and be or altogether, um, which would have been a shame. So like, ho- hopefully, keep releasing good games for it. Hopefully, we get a bit of a price drop, and then and then I may well uh, jump in on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm sure many people are uh, in the same space as you. Can't can't justify the money, but they want one. Um, we'll move on to the second new stories and I'll read us through this one uh, Alone in the Dark remake stars David Harbour and Jodie Comer let's go with Comer. Um this is from Polygon by Mike McWhirter fantastic names today <clears throat> The remake of seminal survival horror game Alone in the Dark will be released on October 25th. Publisher THQ Nordic announced Thursday, confirming that actors Jodie Comer, known from Killing Eve and Free Guy, and David Harbour, Stranger Things, Black Widow, etc. will star as the game's dual protagonists. A playable preview of the new Alone in the Dark available is right now. now. THQ Nordic and developers Pieces Interactive released a prologue for the game on Thursday for PS5, Windows, PC, Xbox Series X. In the prologue, players take on the role of a young girl named Grace Saunders as she attempts to mail a letter. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) exciting. There's no combat in the prologue. Developers said during a live stream on Thursday that the demo offers a glimpse into the atmosphere and mood, not the gunplay of the new Alone in the Dark. When the full game launches this October, players will choose between Comer's Emily Hartwood and Harbour's private investigator Edward Carnby as they attempt to unravel the mysteries of the Haunted Mansion, a remote countryside hospital known as DeCerto Manor, whatever that word is, and Emily's missing uncle Jeremy Hartwood. Other characters in the game will react differently to you depending on which protagonist you play as and players will see different elements of the story as either Emily or Edward. The new Alone in the Dark was announced last August. The remake is an update to the 1992 original featuring a story from Hedberg whose writing credentials include Frictional Games, Soma and Amnesia, The Dark Descent. The remake will incorporate characters, places and Theumatic elements from the first three games in the Alone in the Dark series. Alone in the Dark will be released for PS5, Windows PC, Xbox Series X. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something I'm overly familiar with, uh, Carl, but the fact that David Haber, Haber, Haber <laughs> and Jody Comer are involved, um, it, it, it's a good get for them. But at the same I mean, I'm not overly familiar with the Alone in the Dark because horror, me, don't mix. Um, but it's it's weird. We sometimes see these Hollywood crossovers and they don't really work out. But in terms of a setting where it's a, a murder mystery type, tight game, let's go with that, it, I think that could probably work with more celebrity appearances. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it's certainly...
1: The- becoming more workable and, and more recently within the industry when, when you have this crossover of Hollywood. And um, now I don't think games should, should over rely on it, it because there's a lot of fantastic actors that, that are tied to, to video games and they know how to do it best. But it is interesting when, when these kind of things happen. And I mean, I, I thought this was notable because we, we've talked a lot about obviously Embracer and their various bodies below them and, and, you know, usually we're talking them in a better sense of buying a load of studios that that uh, we, we, we don't know too much about, and and joking about how many studios they own, and really they're they're more kind of known for you know indie titles or well they're not really indie when they're owned by a massive body by Embracer, but I mean indie as in that 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 size of game or the the double A game, you know they're kind of masters of. A double A game, but this seems very much like a triple A AAA game from from Embracer, which which is a rarity. It's not really what they're they're known for, but I I, I think when you have you know the likes of David Harbour in your game, it, it can't be anything but triple A. Um, so it's it's interesting that, that this will be kind of one of the bigger investments from Embracer in terms of a project, which is, is rare to see. And we've kind of seen them struggle at, at times in recently. I know, obviously, with having to delay the Star Wars game indefinitely um, that one of their studios was working on, a, you know, and kind of alongside Sony um, was a bit of a blow. And I know recently they ate their lunch on a, another game, but it's, it's slipping my mind what that was. So, you know... The, it's more of a gamble from them, but you know, it's, it's one that I'd be hopeful will, will, will pay off. I mean, I, I, I played the, la, the, the alone in the dark game that came back in the, the, the seven generation, you know, on the, the Xbox 360. And it, it was in a lot of ways, a bad game, but in other ways, an enjoyable game. I, mm. you know, it's, it's, That's it's, one of those, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the falls in, in, in that weird middle ground. Um, Actually, I I got a thousand gamers scoring that game, so I'll show you how much I put into that one. Um, But it like it. I'm intrigued by this though. I mean, I, I think the as you said, survival horror is not really your jam. Um, it, it was never my jam growing up, but it definitely in more recent years, it's it's something I've gotten into. But it, it's really a it's it's a starved genre in a lot of ways. I mean, with the exception of the Resident Evil series, which obviously has come from strength to strength at to the moment between a balance of remaking all games and and bringing out new ones. Outside that, there's there's not much there, you know. Obviously, pe- people have their eyes closely on Silent Hill, um, to the the remake that's coming out later this year, and and there was obviously most recently uh, Dead Space, which by all accounts is fantastic, and I, I do hope to get to it eventually myself because I never played the original. I don't know if you played any of the the Dead Space games.
0: I only played three, which apparently is like the childish one, so yeah actually I lie I did play the first one very
1: briefly while was staying with my brother way back when he, he had it on his Playstation and I dabbled with it it was pretty cool but I, I was alone in the house and uh, you know it was
0: late at night and stuff and I was just,
1: this is a little unnerving maybe I'll play this yeah. in the day <laughs> yeah, that was I'm me sorry. with
0: Resident Evil Nemesis I just that game yeah. scared me yeah. and I don't, it wasn't even bloody scary but uh, yeah no.
1: Yeah, that that's what that's what killed me as a kid. I watched my two older cousins play Resident Evil Two. Yeah. And there was one point the the one of the lickers crawling across the, the, the ceiling and I think it was in the, the police station and I was just like, No, 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 I I'm <laughs> a, I'm out of these kind of games. Um, but you know, these days I, I definitely enjoy them more. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by this, and as that it's it's you know the 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 stars that are attached to it, and and, and also the fact that it's it's clearly a triple A game from. Embracer, which you don't see too often. So I'll be very much... I might might even give the the prologue a go at some point. I like these little kind of bite-sized prologues and give you a nice taste for the game. I mean, see what that's all about, you know. I'm I'm not expecting PT levels. And and maybe that's a good thing because PT was creepy as hell. But um, no, definitely something to to check out. and, And I wonder if it's a new direction for Embracer. Will they start to maybe make less things, but but make bigger things and, and try to, to kind of match the, the other publishers out there.
0: Yeah, certainly interesting. I mean, Embracer has so much, you could feel like they could do whatever, <laughs> really, and it should work. But yeah, it never works out like that. Um, shall do you want to go through the last, and, well, this new story will go on for the next 20 years, I assume, but you might as well take us through this up to Yeah, so our last
1: story, EU explains Microsoft Activision deal approval and why it disagrees with the UK's block. And this comes from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. And Tom writes, the boss of the European Commission has explained in detail why her agency approved Microsoft's $68.7 billion Activision Blizzard deal and why she thinks the UK was wrong to block it. In a speech given yesterday, European Commission Executive Vice President Margaret Vestager laid out the regulator's own, quote, call of duty, end quote, to only block buyouts when really necessary. Quote, merger control is by nature a forward-looking exercise, end quote, Vestager said. Quote, but that power comes with challenges. And to make things even more complicated for global deals, many authorities are predicting the future at the same time. Of course, we cooperate, but disagreements sometimes happen no less recently than last week we cleared the microsoft activision deal while the cma decided to block it festiger said she believes regulators such as the eu's european commission and the uk's competition and markets authority should not be concerned with how decisions are perceived quote currently some people think that agencies should either block or clear mergers nothing in between so if you block you are a tough enforcer if you you're clear, well, let's just say you are not perceived as tough. End quote. Quote, this is not our policy, end quote, Vestager continued. Quote, framing enforcement in a binary decision to clear or to block is limitative. There will be cases where competition issues cannot really be solved by a divestment, and the market will not necessarily be better off if we block the merger. Occasionally, we reach decisions that are not aligned with every other jurisdiction. So I'd like to take a few moments to set out why we believe the Microsoft Activision merger with appropriate remedies is not only compatible with the single market, but in fact represents a positive development, end quote. Vestager discussed the decision her agency came to when deciding the Microsoft deal's impact on console competition, something the EC and CMA ultimately agreed upon. And the conclusion that xbox owning call of duty would not unfairly impede playstation quote the overall market share for microsoft and activision was generally low in europe it's only when you look at specific segments like shooter games that you get to above 20 percent and for consoles sony sells about four times more playstation than microsoft sells xboxes with this context we did not think the merger raised a vertical issue I'm told Call of Duty is a very popular shooter franchise, end quote, Vestager continued, quote, but we found that Microsoft would probably not shoot itself in the foot by stopping sales of Call of Duty games to the much larger PlayStation player base. Our colleagues at the CMA agreed with us and ultimately reached the same conclusion, end quote. Vestager then discussed the issue of cloud gaming, the other major area of contention for regulators, the one where Europe and the UK ultimately disagreed. Quote, we accepted a 10-year free license to consumers to allow them to stream all Activision games for which they have a license via any cloud service, end quote, Vestager explained. Quote, and why did we do this instead of blocking the merger? Well, to us, this solution fully addressed our concerns, and on top of that, it had significant pro-competitive effects. Consider the pre-merger situation where Activision does not license its games to cloud services. So in this case, the remedy opens the door for smaller cloud services in the EU to offer big games on their platforms, widening choice for gamers. The merits of this remedy was recognized across the spectrum by developers, by cloud gaming providers, by distributors, and of course also by consumer groups. And that is because it unlocked the potential of the cloud market, End quote. The UK's regulator disagreed with this assessment and has already commented why it came to a different conclusion to its European colleagues. In short, the CMA did not want to predict and police the cloud gaming market over the next decade and beyond, even with Microsoft's proposed remedies in place. It's a decision which has left the UK as a global outlier in its assessment of the deal and something the UK's own politicians do not seem particularly thrilled by saying it has raised questions over whether the UK is, quote, open for business, end quote. Microsoft and Activision, of course, have also made their own feelings clear. Microsoft has now lodged its formal appeal to the CMA, beginning what will be a lengthy process of seeking a fresh ruling. As for Europe, Vestager's regulator seems comfortable with its conclusion. Quote, our mission is to find solutions and keep the game fair for all players, end quote, Vestager concluded, quote, working closely together with sister agencies as we do so. That is our call of duty, end quote. Wow, what a cheesy line. Um, You can read the full story over at Eurogamer. So a lot to digest there, Guy. We haven't really gotten a chance to talk about this, obviously, in in our absence. Again, we we talked about the deal when it was announced, but we, we haven't been here for all the... You know the the discussions with regulators and the spat between Sony and stuff. Microsoft, and <laughs> you know, I mean, what's your take being on on the whole thing all along? You know, in in terms about how Microsoft have acted, Sony have acted, and and kind of the, the 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 kind of points of contention.
0: Um, I've not been following it like microscopically close but it does seem like Jim Ryan is a bit of a bitch. <laughs> uh, don't sue me, but you probably don't. Um, allegedly a bitch. Let's go with that. I'll fix everything. <laughs> um, but no, I, PlayStation seem to be just trying to uh, sabotage the deal, and why wouldn't you? Like, it's Activision Blizzard. It's one of the biggest gaming publishers, companies in the bloody world, so it makes sense for Jim Ryan to be like that. And... Uh, it's just boring at this stage. Like I know it I knew it'd take a long time to go through and stuff like that. But when you see I, I blame Brexit as well. Let's go with Brexit. Screw screw the UK. Brexit sucks. Um but no, I mean this specifically I think it's if it was if it was about Call of Duty and about how getting the biggest gaming franchise as an exclusive in ten years' time when the deal goes through, because that seems to be the deal uh, Microsoft's handing out, that'd almost be understandable, but cloud gaming? Really? I know people think that's the next step in console gaming, but eh, God, who cares? <laughs> I mean, it's probably me being very basic, and I don't really care, but is cloud gaming really that much that it's made the UK CMA block it? It obviously has, but it feels like the other thing would be the bigger reason to block it, but in terms of the overall deal, I mean, hopefully they can go back to the CMA and and um, put well fix or come to a compromise or whatever or just have a dialogue. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Microsoft have obviously made these deals with. Um, I think they've said they're going to put it put Call of Duty et cetera, on Nintendo. I think they made a dealship with them, didn't they? I think they did with Nvidia as well. And a handful of others, but they're the two names that are jumping to mind. So I think Microsoft understand they can't just well. We own all this now; it's staying on PC or Windows PC and and Xbox. They've obviously branched out a bit, and yeah, I, as this kind of alludes to, if Xbox just took if, if uh, Microsoft took Call of Duty off PlayStation, you're not going to be making back that 60 odd bill or whatever it was anytime soon because that is the biggest player base to um, access. But no, I think. We may be like old and in rocking chairs by the time this gets finished, Carl, because it feels like this is going to go on forever. But I think as a deal, it, I think it should happen because, well, let's be honest, Activision Blizzard is kind of a shit show. Now, Xbox is also a shit show, but I feel like Activision Blizzard, well, we talked about Overwatch earlier, screwed that, Call of Duty shit uh they've got so many dormant franchises i feel like at least xbox would just make it not just a call of duty studio anymore but i think we went over that when we fir- the deal was first announced and that, that was the excitement behind it but this isn't going to get resolved anytime soon um because you can like i don't think you can just take it to court with the cma and you literally have to do this appeal process and if they continue to say no it's just not going to happen Whereas I think it is the American one. I think I think the American one you can take it to court, but that's America. So everything can go to court. But um, this CMA is probably the biggest sticking point, I presume, because well Microsoft can throw money at everything else. Um, but no, I think this is just going to be one of those very very boring things where nothing's going to happen for at least five years, Carl. What do What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I could certainly see it it's dragging out. Um, and as you said, it was just like I, I when I first saw that the, the CMA had blocked it, you know, at first when I saw the headlines, I was like, oh, someone's finally blocked it. Because, you know, I think when I'd heard different legal experts and, and talk about it and write about it, they kind of suggest they expected it to go through, but they wouldn't be shocked if someone took issue with it. But I don't think anyone expected cloud gaming to be the hill that someone would die on. Um, it, it was always kind of that the, the console competitiveness was the, the focus, and it, it seems like everyone accepts that 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 isn't an issue. And I mean, for Sony, I know a few people have been critical, particularly Xbox fans, that you know, why did Sony take this to, to battle? And why wouldn't Sony take it to battle? They had nothing to lose. As you said, they were never in a million years going to take Call of Duty off Xbox. They're off PlayStation, rather. You know, they were going to do it to spite PlayStation. That's not how big companies work. So PlayStation could could push this as far as they could go and, and see what they could do. You know, they at the very least, they're going to buy themselves time to maybe come up with somewhat of an answer, like their, their own shooter or shooters and you know, we'll, we'll be coming on to discuss one of those shortly um, so they they had that in the pipeline but but also the other thing was that they could get some concessions and they, they've gotten those concessions as you said, they, um, the deal that Nintendo and, and Nvidia agreed to the 10 year deal, that's still on the table for, for Sony and I think at the end of the day they'll, they'll probably get that regardless, they also even got offered the opportunity to have Call of Duty on playstation plus which they yeah. declined and, and explained that it wouldn't be financially viable and i get that because the amount they'd have to pay to get call of duty on playstation plus added to the amount they'd be losing by not selling call of duty on playstation you know that that's a massive massive loss for Sony. it doesn't make any sense financially but nonetheless that there is concessions on the table for them i mean the other thing is the way microsoft have acted and, and, and activision and you know you've had random executive taking like pop shots at playstation on on uh social media i think there was some strange particular one there's a, a a woman who's an executive for activision i believe was taking shots uh, in relay around the time that the last of us came out and made some kind of weird thing about sony being the, the best of us and you know you know she was taking shots at sony and also compliment it was so strange you know, it's, it's been a weird, weird experience. But I mean, I just say I think all this is really going to do is going to hold things back. I think this deal will eventually go through. It's it's inevitable. Um, and, and I'm not too bothered about it because as much as I play primarily on PlayStation and I play some Activision titles, I don't mind rolling out the Xbox to, to play some games. You know, I have one. It doesn't bother me. You know, I think you know, I think most adult gamers you know it might, might annoy a few kids who obviously can only have the one console we were there when we were that age i, I get that but um all, all in all I, I don't think it's it's a big deal but it is just funny that you know that cloud gaming as you said is the hill the that people are dying on in, in terms of the cma
0: and that's the thing i think <laughs> I cloud gaming i mean obviously it may become the future and i think xbox or microsoft is obviously trying to make it uh, one of their how do you word it not selling points but what a pioneers of it which is probably the wrong word but they're certainly going big on cloud gaming that's what the hill they pick rather than something like VR um, obviously Sony will want to be in the uh, cloud gaming space as well um, but I think this is what Microsoft sees the future and I suppose it's fair the CMA I have doubts about that but I think it's it's definitely fixable. I think, obviously, they've offered out 10-year deals. If you just say cloud gaming, not just going to be exclusive. Uh, Activision titles won't just be exclusive on, on our cloud services or whatever the hell we're going to call it in the 10 year um, ten years of advancement. Um, yeah, it's, it's easy enough. Or if you just say, well, COD won't, so that's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Um, I agree with you. I think it'll get done, but by the time it's done, I think everyone will be over it and just go, can we just play a game? That's done shit, please. <laughs> um but yeah, that that's the other concern is that the whole quality of Activision Blizzard just seems to be going down. So yeah, maybe the deal's looking worse and worse every time. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be boring, I think. Um very it's all it's already boring, let's be honest. Um so seeing as it's boring shall we move to the PlayStation event card? Sounds good. Um right. I watched this just before we started and I watched most of it on 1.5 speed. So if I forget some of these my fault. But I couldn't be bothered because pe- apparently people said it was a bit disappointing. But that's where I'll start. Excuse me. Obviously we'll go through some of the big games if not all of the games. Um Depending how quickly we go through them, that is that is up to you. Um, if as a play as the PlayStation player, what what do you reckon? A bit disappointing considering the time period of what two years since the last update from PlayStation.
1: Um, you know, I think it depends on on expectations. You know, some some might have had bigger expectations given there's been that gap, but. For me, I mean, I think you need to stop a minute and, and think about how Sony do things. I mean, Sony—they know they're 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 ahead of the game, you know—they're they're 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 well out in front in, in terms of the, you know, what, what would we call them? What's it the this recent debate about the the uh, high performance gaming consoles, you know, to separate them out from the Switch. So they they know they're in that position. They know people are going to play their games when they come. So for that reason. Sony say things when they need to say things, when they're they're ready to say things, you know, they they don't feel a a kind of obligation to get information out there, which is why all through the year they they run the state of plays and and they'll do dedicated state of plays for specific first party games or, you know, maybe some big third party games that they have deals with, like they did with uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't have this kind of massive expectation. I didn't think they were going to come out and be like, "This is what," I'm, you know, "this this is Insomniacs next game," which obviously we did. We did get that was Spider Man, but um, you know, or, or this this is uh, here is. Um, you know, last of Us factions. And here's a little teaser for, you know, Ghost of Tsushima too, And all, like, I, you're not going to get that kind of blowout from Sony. Those days are long gone. You know, they'll, they'll say things when they want to say things. So uh, I think with those kind of level expectations that I had going in, you know, I, I thought it was decent. You know, it, it's a shame that these days most things leak because there was a couple of things in there that, you know, if they hadn't leaked, I would have been kind of on the edge of my sheep, seeping like, you know, holy shit, can't wait to play that type of thing. Um, but, you know, I I liked what I saw. I thought there was uh, a, a decent amount of announcements and, you know, some of the games that I was particularly interested in, which we should get to, you know, I was, I was happy with what was shown. So, you know, I, I, I thought it was a, a solid showing, you know, maybe like a, a, a 7.5 7, 7. even out of 10. Like, I, I thought it was decent.
0: Yeah, it seems some pe- maybe some people built it up in the head, but I think, <clears throat> obviously, June and July is the E3 big show season, and Sony were the first ones to kind of... Well, Nintend- Sony and Nintendo were the first to bend that format off, and they? they obviously did big shows at points, but I think Xbox and obviously some of the other bigger publishers are kind of the only ones who do big showcases anymore, and obviously the death of E3... Um but yeah, I think Xbox if the say the Xbox showcase in June is crap. Panic stations, whereas this being crap, maybe it's kind of annoying not seeing factions and what's beyond Spider Man and stuff like that, because we everyone knew about Spider Man too. Um but because Wolverine's there, are you going to panic? Not Because Wolverine's not there, are we? Are you meant to panic? Probably not, because Wolverine's probably a year, maybe a year and a half away. So maybe they just didn't want to get too ahead of stuff. But it's not like they're big... Or to me anyway, maybe it's because I've not seen it on Twitter, but they didn't seem to big this up as some massive showcase, unless I'm wrong there, can
1: No, I, I don't think they ever... Um like put 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 any kind of expectation to, to that level on it they, they were very much reserved um as as they always are as as i said like they, they I, I don't think they kind of paint things in the the same way xbox do I'm, I'm not knocking the the way xbox do it i just think they they put a lot of pressure on themselves with those kind of showcases because pe- people come in with, with big expectations and obviously giving that Microsoft have barely shipped a game in recent years, and therefore those expectations are, are rarely met. Um, but no, I, I think kind of PlayStation always set expectations correctly, and it's, it, so for me, it's really on any any fan that gets too carried away with their expectations. That's that's on them. It's it's not on PlayStation for me.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Let's get into it. I mean, some of these trailers were a bit cgi um and that's probably where we'll start and that is with fair game from haven uh playstation exclusive um new um bit of a cgi game uh trailer so we're not can't exactly see what it was but i mean it's obviously playstation trying to tackle we don't did we see if it was third or first person i don't think we did did we so maybe trying to no it was all cgi yeah Maybe trying to get in that shooter market, but it looked from the trailer at least it looked heisty. So maybe trying to build a heist game or something.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been built as a, a competitive heist game. So uh, I suppose its teams are competing against each other. Obviously, it's it's we knew all along obviously from the time Sony bought Haven. Well, firstly they announced the partnership with them, and then they later bought them, despite the game still not being announced at that point. And despite the co-founder of the studio having departed, but it was always billed as a live service game, so we knew it was going to be uh, a live service game, and um, one of the the many that that uh, Sony have promised in in the the time to come. But yeah, apparently it it is a, a competitive heist game, so you know I suppose people be straight away turning to something like Payday um, for yeah. for some kind of you know, comparison. Um, but obviously, rather than just co-op, it's, it's it's got competitive edges to it as well. So, seems to be a lot going on. Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued by this game, but it's tough for me to say that. I'm in interested because it's just probably not my kind of game these days. Um, but it, it is it, it, as quite possibly the first of these live service offerings from Sony in terms of this the 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 promise they made of, of what was like ten games or something like that. Um it, it'll be really interesting to see kind of how it's taken when it, it comes out, you know, how much of a success it is because I, I think they're they're putting a lot in. They they put a lot of faith in Haven by by purchasing them.
0: Yeah, certainly it could be it's interesting one to keep an eye on, but not really too much to say now. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Hell Divers Two or oh, Starship Troopers? <laughs> That's what the vibes. Um, I'm not familiar with this franchise. Um, a third-person shooty survive game by the looks of it, or a pod game? I'm not sure. Um, what, what do you make of this? Yeah, I
1: mean, um, the the first Hell Divers divers came out a few years ago, I believe, it was on PS4 and, and potentially Vita as well, I believe. Um, and it, it very much is that kind of a, a co-op, third-person shooter survival, you know, uh, kind of horde elements. To, there's there's tar- kind of aspects of tower defense as well, kind of all all tied into one. Um, apparently, it's it's very, a lot of mayhem, a lot of, just friendly fire. Um, I guess that was a sticking point for a lot of people killing each other. Um, so you really have to, to think about how you're setting up and how you're handling things um i mean it's one of those kind of worst kept secrets this leaked a long time ago we knew it was i think it might have actually been part of the nvidia leak now that i think about it it was on the list of games so we've known about this a long time uh that that it was was out there. And i think people are very surprised me included that it wasn't announced before this point but obviously it's it's out there now i know the first one was kind of solid you know like it was you know obviously it's it's when you think of PlayStation exclusives and it's, it's not kind of thought up as they're among the top one, but it's, it's seen as a, a solid exclusive uh, in the past. So i um, and you know, it, let's be honest, looking at like, it's not as high budget as some of their other games would be. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously there's going to be lower expectations on it, but um, no, I mean, I'm I'm sure given the, the, the relative success of the first one that, that this would be, expecting to, to to do much the same.
0: Yep, fair enough. Uh, Immortals of Avium, uh, EA Originals title, uh, looks like Doom with Magic.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I remember when this was revealed, I, I can't remember at this point, I watched Showcase, but uh, like I... I like the look of it and you know watching the extended trailer on on this showcase like it looks like there's they're kind of trying to put a good story behind it as well and not just have it be just as you said doom, you know kind of mayhem and and shooting so um you know I'm intrigued by this one it's it's one I'll definitely be kind of it's on my I have it on kind of my to watch list you know kind of wait till it comes out see what the reviews are like and and if they're reasonable I'll I'll, I'll probably pick it up and what were your thoughts on that one?
0: um i mean it looks good it's probably one maybe if it goes in a year player, i'd probably pick up i'll give it a go um it's not something i'd actively buy i don't think like i give um what is it was it metal hell singer i can't remember the full name was that one where it was yeah. uh, lit- linked with rock music and you did more i'd played that for a couple a couple levels that was good um it's that type of game where you just feel like why aren't i playing doom (laughs) um but it looked good that's probably what i'd say for it so if that is your cup of tea and your main type of game I'd, I'd, i'd definitely check that out um ghost runner 2 um obviously i think i think i remember talking to you about the first one and it looked really impressive this one looked impressive again but it's a very niche game about well platforming and speed running and obviously Saying oh you can do it as quick as possible like Ghost Mary. Um but yeah it certainly looks good. I'm not not sure if it's a game for me. Yeah
1: no I, the same. I remember when it came out kind of it was um, highly rated um, and I, I saw it not so long ago on Amazon it was only about fifteen quid and I, I had it in my basket and was very close to buying it and then I I just thought I oh, know it'd just be another box in the shelf like I probably won't get around to it. Um, but it's definitely one that, that has been on, on my radar at points. And, you know, it looks really good. Like, it's kind it's of you're watching, like, gameplay videos, but you can't help but be impressed. Like, just the, the fast pace and the, and the visuals. Like, it is a really impressive game. So I'm, I'm not surprised that there's a sequel. And, you know, it's, it's cool that they have such a fast turnaround time. Because, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's a, it's a couple of years, obviously, since the first one at this point. But it's not, you know, we're, we're not waiting five, six years for a sequel, so you no know, obviously it was it was a more contained game which has allowed them to to, to do this. So it'd be interesting to see kinda of how the second one's received, you know, because the first one was unique in, in ways, obviously this is more of the same, so it'd be interesting to see kinda of how they keep things fresh.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they build on it. Um Phantom Blade O or Zero, I should say. Um was this the Not Shakira game? Yeah yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um it looks good. I won't play it because Soulsborne games haunt my dreams. <laughs> um but it's a Chinese developed game which well might be having been haunted by crossfire X recently, in recent years <laughs> that's not always a good thing. Uh, but it looks good, but obviously if you don't do Soulsborne games, um yeah, you probably won't enjoy it, but you can you can appreciate it from afar.
1: Yeah, this is one where I really kind of... Uh, the first one in the showcase that I feel really kind of caught my eye and, and got me kind of sitting up saying, oh, you know, what's this? You know, and I, I was, at first I was kind of, is this like a new Aminutia? Because uh, it has that kind of, you know, uh, Eastern setting with like kind of demons and, and, and that. Um, like, it, it, it looks really impressive. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of souls like these days, and there's also... A lot of kind of ninja and or samurai game and particularly there's been a lot of crossover between those two things lately you know with like the likes of Sekiro and Neo and and the like so in that way they're, they're 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 walking on shaky ground maybe because you have to get it right to stand out from from the crowd so it's a risk in that that way but This one looked particularly impressive. and I found myself reading up on it afterwards. You know, it's a a Chinese developer based out of Beijing. Uh, I don't think any other games up to this point have released in the West, but this is, as is, another game in the same series, Um, Phantom Blade. I forget the exact title of that one, which I think is coming out on PC. It's like a side-scrolling kind of samurai game. Um so then yeah, no, this is another one similar to Immortals of Avium where I feel like I'll I'll kinda see when it comes out what the reviews are like and if they're particularly good I, I could well be tempted.
0: Carl, this is where I started fast forwarding because I was running out of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Sword of the sea, um that was was that the artsy game? Um, yeah, yeah, very yes. much a kind of journey. Um, it comes from Giant
1: Squid, the developers of Abzu and The Pathless, two two games which I I own. Um, they're they're, they're good. Like they're they're a good developer. They they very much kind of successfully capture that kind of journey feel. I'm not saying these games are on the level of journey. I mean, journeys in a world of its own as as a, a unique experience. But um, they, they very much have that that kind of artsy edge. And I mean, you know, the kind of game you play. Simply for the visuals at times, I mean, because they just—it's it, it, like a living painting. Like it's—they're they're that impressive, and they, this very much looks like more of the same. Um, but we—I don't—we didn't really get a release date or anything, so I, I'm going to guess this is probably a 2024 game at this point.
0: Yeah, I just realised I forgot to do the uh, release dates for some of uh, Immortals of Avium. 20th of July run uh, Ghost, Runner 2 2023 um, and next game <clears throat> the Talos Principle 2 2023. Um, yeah, I, again fast forwarding. Um, with, is this Civ? It looks the picture looked like Civ, but I didn't see any gameplay. So I'm just going off the title screen. Is it a Civilization type game, or am I just imagining? I'm, I'm blanking. I know I I, I, rem- I never played the first one, um, but I
1: did uh, kind of hear about it at the time. Um, it, it's it's kind of like um, I think it's kind of more like a, a a puzzle game, um, like it's a, a, a right. Kind of, I suppose it's like a mist type type game, you know, which yeah isn't my thing. I mean, you know, I I I like the odd puzzle in a game, but sometimes if a game's too puzzle heavy, I find myself kind of getting a, a little frustrated and and just want kind of a bit more action. I mean, I know I've heard a lot of people. It's funny playing the the um most recent Zelda and you know that they're talking about how the the puzzles are open-ended like and and often they feel like they break the puzzles and do it in like kind of a baby way to get around the really complicated solution and I like that approach you know if you can break the puzzles and and just get around them easily and because sometimes they can really get in the way but I I think a game that centers fully around puzzles very much isn't for me but in terms of the visuals. They look really cool, you know. You're like robots and stuff, and kind of a, uh, what I assume is somewhat of like a post-apocalyptic world, um, kind of post-human. Um, so it's, it's pr- pretty impressive visually. I can give it that for sure.
0: Fair enough. Um, Neva did not see this. <laughs> I was I was at this stage. I had five minutes, and I had to pick between what I could watch.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's another kind of artsy game um gris It's from the makers of gris and gris is very much a game. I think it, it dealt with like kind of the the the, the subject matter of, of depression and mental health. And I gather from the trailer, this very much is more the same in, in that sense. And and you know, I, I do. I think I, I bought gris recently for for Switch. I haven't gone around to it yet, and but I've heard really good things. My I, I like a a game that kind of tries to to capture specific kind of mindsets or emotions and that so um i'm, I'm very intrigued and kind of, as i said to, to get to grace and and if if i enjoy that of course this will be on my radar and it's uh, coming in in 2024
0: i don't even think we need to say anything more about this game <clears throat> cat quest pirates of the parabine let's move on um yeah, yeah i'll play that uh form stars by square Enix this is just a uh, oh my god what's it called Splatoon. Splatoon. God, that was never coming up. My, that just looks like a Splatoon knockoff. Any anything
1: else? Yeah, no, that, that was very much my vibe. I was like, this, this is this is Splatoon. You know, it's 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 kind of a, and I almost got like a teenage Splatoon because the the characters are kind of older and, and and kind of a different kind of uh, artistic approach. Maybe a little less less child friendly than Splatoon, but. All in all, this, this felt like if Splatoon and Fortnite had a baby. Um, I definitely don't think it's it's my kind of game, but I, I think the most intriguing point about it is that it's a PlayStation exclusive, seemingly. Um, you know, a lot of Square Enix games these days are PlayStation exclusives. Just buy um,
0: Square Enix. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that, so
1: that's easy. exactly <laughs> it. I mean, that's the the long rumour is obviously that that, you know, that, that, that Square Enix trimmed down by getting rid of their Western studios to, to embrace her last year because they're they're looking for an acquisition to to be acquired and, you know, that, that Sony would be the most likely. And I think if Sony picked up Square Enix, I, I don't you know I c I couldn't completely rule out them making you know making sure their games aren't on Xbox because so few of them are on Xbox as is anyway. It's like Square Enix throws them the odd bone. It's like here's um, you know the the uh, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core remake, they they got that. Um, they, you know, but the, the, but they're you know so far still haven't gotten Final Fantasy VII remake. They didn't get even the the, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, so they get they're very few. But obviously, Nintendo still get a lot of of Square Enix titles. So I, I think if Sony do, and I, at this point I'm I'm like. sure, maybe even 70% sure that they will acquire Square Enix. I I just don't think you'd be announcing it while discussions about the takeover of Activision are still going on because, you know, it might not be looked at favorably if you're suddenly buying a big publisher, albeit Square aren't anywhere near as big as Activision. Um, But I think that's something they'd maybe want to put on the back burner for now. But I I think if it does happen personally, I, I think they'd keep games on Nintendo- and I'm going to 50-50 whether they'd still throw Xbox the the odd bone just just to look good. A bit like how Microsoft seems to throw the odd kind of Bethesda bone uh, PlayStation's way just just to, to to kind of keep up appearances, so to speak.
0: We're done with that bone. Bethesda's all Xbox now. And computer. <laughs> um, right. Uh, let's go through these couple quickly and then we'll get on to some of the games I can actually remember. Uh, the Plucky Squire and Teardown.
1: Any, yeah, buggy square looks cute. Teardown just kind of gave me Minecraft vibes, which uh, you know. I don't oh, really I did really...
0: see that one. Yeah, it looked like Mega Blocks to Lego.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah, no, you know, you, we've long discussed my my inability to get into Minecraft, so it didn't uh, it it didn't do it for me. Um, but I I think the next couple games are, are definitely
0: uh, more my vibe. Yes, we have Metal Gear Solid news. Uh, we've got uh, Snake Eater Remake and the Master Collection coming uh, in 2023. Now, <clears throat> I was never a big Metal Gear Solid lover. Uh, just convince me to buy these. Well, I mean, Metal Gear Solid
1: Snake Eater is my favourite Metal Gear game. And in that is, is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, I I love this game. Uh, I and, and it's one of the games I was touching on, whereas, as I said, if they kept things better in in terms of, like, kept, kept their cards closer to their chest and this hadn't been leaked months and months ago, you know, I, I would have been jumping out of my chair when this was announced because I absolutely love this game and I cannot wait to get my hands on this remake. Um, it, like, I... The, the the master collection you know I'll, I'll probably pick that up at some point but really I, I find that some of the older metal gear games are hard to, to play i did play through peace walker a few years ago when the the collection came out for xbox 360 because i've never played that on the psp and, and i enjoyed it but it, it can be tough to play older metal gear games they they are like the stories quality and the characters and all that but the the gameplay is It's tough to handle, and I'd love nothing more. I hope that similar to how I hope this is kind of the start of what Capcom are doing with Resident Evil, in that they're going to remake all the games. Because I I don't think necessarily that four or five need remakes. They they could probably just do it with ports. But I, I do think 1, 2, 3 and Peace Walker could all benefit from, from remakes. So, And I'm glad there. I know people wanted them to start with the first one, but, you know, I'm going to be selfish. And as I said, this is one of my favorite games of all time. So I'm glad they're starting with Snake Eater. And I, I just cannot wait to, to play it. And also, it is the first one chronologically, rather. So, you know, for you, as I said, you've struggled to get into to Metal Gear, if, if if this, this is a good opportunity, because I said, it is the first one in the story, so it might be the, the, the best point to jump on.
0: I may give it a bash. We'll see how bored I am. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, The collection is 2023 20, in autumn. Did it give a ping for Snakey, or is it just the same?
1: No, thing? no, it's just just announced, so I'd, I'd assume 2024 at the earliest. Right, okay.
0: Uh, d- 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 Towers of... Ag yeah, let's go with that let's go with that uh, I can't remember this i am youtube oh no I did see this, it looks pretty, it looks yeah pretty. yeah that, that, that's that's all I can say like it, it yeah. looks it looks pretty, another kind of somewhat artsy game um kind I mean, of, the swimming uh, bit looks like horizon uh thingy, or is this the wrong game should sure this had the swimming bit. Uh, yeah, oh, no, I crazy. think there was
1: certainly water. There was the there was all the yes. glider. The glider yeah. stood out, man, it's kinda gave me Zelda vibes, gliding around. Um but yeah, no, it looks pretty, but um I I think it's such a short trailer that that's that's very much all you can take from it. Um is that it's a, it's a pretty game. Um, you know uh, these it's funny at one point that was just completely a selling point on a game it could be like visually be- beautiful and people just go, oh my god this game you just play it and you, you fall into it but now it feels like these kind of games it, there's a lot of them so they have to do something different to, to stand out and and really that has to come into their gameplay and, and kind of clever, clever elements in there so I'll, it's one that you know it could well, you know, if the, if the gameplay can back up the visuals, you know, I'm, I'm sure it could be a, a successful game. So it's one of those kind of wait and see. I'd be intrigued to see what the the reviews are like when it comes out.
0: Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> get the general scale of it as well. Um, do we talk about Final Fantasy? I mean, it's out in a month, and we've talked about it in the past, I presume. <laughs> um, yes. But I mean, it's obviously it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. They can put time to exclusive on it all they want. But as you said, Final Fantasy VII Remake is not even out uh, on Xbox yet, so yeah, twelve years we might see, see it on uh, something. Um, but I, I never, I didn't enjoy Final Fantasy Fifteen. Um, but I know this has got—I can't remember the bloke's name—but hasn't it gone back to the creator who does fourteen? And all
1: yeah, the Final yeah. Fantasy stuff, basically. Can't yeah, the director was the Final Fantasy 14 which obviously is a, a massive hit. um You know, I, I couldn't be more excited for this game. Like, i will be picking this up day one. It'll be like an early birthday present to myself because mm-hmm. my birthday is a few days later. Um, it like I, you know, I, I love Final Fantasy. I, I played them them all at this point. I've I've uh, I've I played put a Good two, three hundred hours, I'd say, into Final Fantasy fourteen, So obviously I know how um, how quality that game is. And, and you know, I, I know that, that this is in the right hands. Fifteen I enjoyed. It definitely wasn't one of the, the stronger games. But I, I, I put a hundred hours into it and flattened it all the same. It, like it was, a, it was a very good game. Um, and it's just a shame, really, that it was kind of rushed and that they had to release kind of parts of it as episodes later which i never got around to playing mm. because there was such a long gap between the game and then the episodes come out. and then they suddenly you know the director left and then they didn't even get to finish all the episodes they were planning to do so that was a real shame but i'm glad that this seems more like kind of a, a contained complete project um and, and in that like they, they, i think this is going to be one of the shorter final Fantasies in a way i, I think the, the director recently was talking about how kind of it's a like 30 hour story and then maybe like another 30 hours or so for the add-on, like the, the extra content, which is quite short for this kind of game. As I said, Final Fantasy fifteen, spiking an incomplete game took me 100 hours to platinum. So I, I like the idea that this will probably be Platinable in in about sixty hours. Like I'm I'm really excited for this one, and you know as I said, certainly with that, the director, it's it's in the right hands. So um, the day one purchase for me. So hopefully in a few weeks, um, I'll be on the pod telling you how much I love this one.
0: I might just play Final Fantasy Nine out of spite.
1: You no. Know. Well, there is a remake to- of Final Fantasy Nine rumored, so you might you may want to wait for that.
0: Ah, oh, fuck off. I can't do that. Uh, well, I won't be able to play it. I'll have to dust off the PlayStation. Um, bastards. I, I replayed Final Fantasy... Like, not the remake. The original. I replayed that because I was, like, in a crappy Xbox port, which doesn't really do it properly. Oh, God, I look... Uh, tempted. I'd have to play God of War first if I dust off the PlayStation. Uh, Alan Wake 2. I'll move on before I say things. Um, Alan Wake 2 out in October. Uh, I think we seen, we saw this last year, last summer.
1: I'm sure, we. Saw yeah, it. yeah. No, we knew this, this one was coming. Um, I mean, but Remedy obviously solid developer. You know the, the the first Alan Wake and with Control, Um so I'm sure it's going to be a good game. But I think what really stood out. To me and, and was kinda of like a little dagger in my heart was that they announced that this game is gonna be completely digital. No no physical copies. Um and I think oh, yeah, the yeah. yeah. They ate their lunch on 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 Alan Wake One, the, the remake that came out recently. I think it was kind of a game where, you know, within no time it was selling on Amazon for like twelve pound. Yeah. So uh Obviously, they ended up with a lot of unsold copies that was a big headache for them and, and the publisher. So they've decided to go full digital. But as someone who bought the Alan Wake remake and has the original Alan Wake and Control and, and all those games, physical, all those Remedy games, you know, I, I like the, the studio. It, it, it's sad to me that I won't be able to get a copy of Alan Wake too. that I'll have to, to download it. You know, it's, it's shown me that... You know, uh, physical games aren't it's happening. wrong as well. Yeah. It's, the the future I've always
0: dreaded is, is coming to pass. Assassin's Creed Mirage, did this look shit? Did
1: this look shit. Uh, um I mean I, I I like what I'm saying. It kind of you know you know, we, we talked a long time on this podcast how I put like was like two hundred hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey? I um, really loved that game, but it was a bit too long. And I think for that reason, I still haven't played Valhalla because I'm like, oh, that this game's going to yeah, take up all the hours. Yeah. This this kind of game, this seems like it's a more contained Assassin's Creed. It's it's like the older Assassin's Creed. It very much is, you know, they. I, I almost wonder if this game started as a remake of the first Assassin's Creed. That's kind of my running yeah. here. Similar setting very much the, the, the same gameplay, but it seems like maybe they just thought, oh no, because the, the original Assassin's Creed was like it wasn't badly rated at the time, but I think especially with revisionism once the second one and two point one and two point two as I like to call them came out, people are kind of like, oh one is so dull and base compared to this. And I wonder if maybe that that image was in it. game again, could be completely wrong. Maybe the plan all along was a new game. But to me, especially Yesterday or, or the other day, when the, the the showcase was on, and I was watching, I was like, I I wonder, I, I do wonder. That's the the theory I have in my head until it's disproven. Um, but instead, obviously, decided to make this spin off game with a, a character that was in Valhalla. Um, You know, I I like it, because as I do enjoy my Assassin's Creed, I I own all the Assassin's Creed games to this point. I've played through about half of them. Uh, I kind of have to pick and choose, because as I said, especially the more recent ones, they're very long. But the idea of playing kind of a more contained, a a game that kind of has the the, the quality of life improvements of the more recent Assassin's Creed, combined with the more contained, uh, you know, kind of completed in a few sessions, uh, of of the older Assassin's Creed games. That's that to me, that's a, a match made in heaven, really. So I'm I'm really intrigued by by this game and I I think I will pick it up.
0: Just read the black flag, it'll do me. <laughs> uh let's skip through a few um so we don't go twelve hours long. How long is this podcast so far? Over an hour. Yes, let's skip some through some. Revenant Hill cat game, just Google that on YouTube. Uh Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, don't know, Street Fighter Six, Street Fighter Ultros, uh, and Tower of Fantasy. Any of them you want to touch on? Um,
1: oof, uh, you know revenant hill um all that kind of did was remind me that the, the co-creator of Knights in the Wood that the made it with the people are making this game um c- killed themselves after uh, some dodgy allegations so that was a bit of a, a weird moment in my mind all watching the the showcase uh Grand Blue Fancy Relink is a game that's on my radar. Um it's a, a JRPG. Um it's kind of the I think it's the, the series is usually an MMO. This is a single player game they're doing, so I'll I'll certainly be giving it a look when it comes out. Um Street Fighter Six we, we talked about plenty when it was revealed. I, I don't think we have too much more to say on that. And um Ultros very beautiful looking um Metroidvania. And really, really colourful, and there was a lot of games in the showcase that were colourful and, and visually striking. But this might have you're kind of t- taken the, the, the crown there in, in terms of the how colourful it was. Like you know, you, you you won't forget this game anytime soon. It might be the kind of the the one that sticks in your mind the most, simply in terms of the visuals.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, having YouTube it in the background while she was speaking. <laughs> um, Dragon's Dogma Two, <clears throat> long awaited game. Uh this is probably the one that's caught my eye the most out of this. Well, Spider-Man kinda of for of itself. But anyway, out of the games I've like not from. well, I am familiar with the series, I've just never played the first one. But this looks like something I would buy. Uh no release date. Maybe Capcom are showing that uh, want to hold that for their own show, which I presume they'll do over the summer. Um, yeah, I mean, I played
1: the first Dragon's Dogma. You know, you can probably pick. I think it's on Xbox. Definitely on PlayStation Four, but I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox. They, they did kind of a remaster of it. Like, what a class game! Like, just just like of of kind of those open world kind of action RPGs. You know that you know you're. I I, I say like Skyrim. It's it's not. That might or the witch or that they might kind of set expectations. Um but it, it's kinda of like a, a a Japanese take on kind of the Western RPG. Like it's just so, so much fun. Like the combat is, is fantastic. But there's a story there, but you don't necessarily have to pay attention to it. I mean it is a quality and I adored this game when it it came out. Um but I played it originally back on the Xbox Um, it's got a really cool concept where you have your character, and you also have these these um, I forget what they're called, but they're they're basically like beings from another world. But you summon them into your world, so you get like one who's like kind of like your partner. But then you can also summon ones of other players, be that either people's on your friend list, or um, random people, and they can kind of help you break the game because if you have a well, the random people's ones you can get are kind of to your level. If you have a friend who's completed the game, you can summon their their, their dude and um, they'll just like kill everything for you in one shot. Like it's, it's quite hilarious. I had a guy in my friend's list who his character was about 20 levels above mine and I, I got his, his guy on my team. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But this game is, is fantastic. Like, I've, I've played, I think I've, I've completed it twice. And I also watched that There was an anime for it on, on Netflix um, not so long ago, which, which was decent. Not the best kind of um, Netflix anime that I've seen, but it was, it was a good one um so I, i'm i knew this game was coming again it wasn't a surprise but i'm very very excited for this one and again it'll be another one that i'll be definitely picking up and i would i i think you'd you'd enjoy the first one guy and i i'm pretty sure it's on xbox I and mean, you probably get it. it is i've just checked at this point it's five
0: pound yeah. on cd keys
1: <laughs> oh they're good get it yeah, yeah. i'm telling you it's a really yeah. good game it's, it's a no-brainer for five pound
0: i shall have a lucky uh let's skip through VR stuff. Uh we'll name them but we'll not discuss them hugely. Uh Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted Two. Uh obviously with the film coming out this year. It might tie in with that. Um obviously everyone knows what Five Nights at Freddy's are. You've never played them, but you've watched people play them. That's the marketing of that game. <laughs> Resident Evil four uh VR mode. Um Arizona Sunshine Two. Uh yeah, Crossfire. Uh, Crossfire Sierra Squad. See, I mentioned it earlier. Um Synapse, uh starring David Hayter and Jennifer Hale. Uh, Beat Saber, we know what that is. Um, anything there? You, oh, you've obviously got the VR twinge, let's go with. Anything yeah. that tempt you? I mean, a
1: lot of people say that um, Resident Evil Village VR is like one of the showpieces for the PSVR 2, in the same yeah. way that Resident Evil 7 VR was one of the showpieces for the PSVR. So. You know, it, it's it's cool that they've, they've gotten this again. Uh, I'm not sure if this one will be exclusive or not. So I assume it will probably be on uh, at least Steam VR as well. But, I mean, it, it looks, you know, we, as I said, Resign was has gone from strength to strength at, at the moment. And, you know, the, the VR is very much a part of that. You know, it's, it's the, the care they put into it. As a lot of people say, it's not just like a cheap tacked-on, add-on game mode like they, they put so much into this viewers. as if it's almost a dedicated game and they're free you know if you have Resident Evil 4 this is free as far as I'm aware at least that was the case with 7 and Village so I mean I'm very in, intrigued by that and um, you know you laughed yourself about Crossfire it's, it's interesting how kind of Smilegate are kind of panning out with all this I know there's a Crossfire strategy game in the works as well um, and yeah. so it says this, that this, this property was so popular in, in the East is, is suddenly trying to make it big in the West. And then Synapse looks really cool. And I mean, how can you go wrong with David Hayter? You know, Solid Snake, we talked about Metal Gear Solid earlier. And oh my God, they, they there was no voice for Snake. But my God, if they haven't gotten David Hayter back, I'm going to be so mad. And then Jennifer Hale, you know, like FemShep. Like, you know, they, they, this is like video game, voice acting royalties, so that that's always going to jump out to you. And Beat Saber, oh my, I actually finally played Beat Saber. You know, I'd, I'd heard so much about it. I got to play um, the PSVR the, No, sorry, the Oculus, sorry. Uh, when I was on my honeymoon, we went to like a, a gaming museum in Rome. I was a little thing, it was a cool, little thing it had like kind of the story of games that like Old consoles I've never seen in my life, but they had like a little VR room, and uh, my wife and I got to play um, Beat Saber. Got to play Beat Saber playing a, a Lincoln Park song. It was pretty damn cool. Probably looked like an idiot while I was playing it, but it's, it's ah,
0: that's half. That's half the fun of VR Yeah. <laughs> um. Probably some underrated news is Marathon from Bungie. Uh, is it? Extraction shooter or loot shooter? Is that how they describe? It? I think it's extraction. It's an extraction shooter. Yes. Yeah. Um, it look. I think it by the trailer, unless I'm mixing the two trailers up. It is set in the Destiny world. I'm sure I saw the Traveler in that trailer. Unless I am mixing the Destiny two trailer with it. Um, but Bungie, we know make. <clears throat> excuse me. We know Bungie make excellent combat mechanics in game halo's been shit since let's be honest <laughs> uh destiny well famed for its uh, mechanics as well so if they condense this down in, in this world and we kind of see different characters etc there um this could be something special but it was obviously only cgi so wait and see but very excited because Bungie are good basically <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, marathons kind
1: of a, a classic Bungie series, or kind of pre, pre, it was their Halo before Halo, and it shares a lot of similarities with with Halo. And um, strange game in that it was, a, I think, it was an exclusive for Max. You don't really hear many exclusives for Max, um, but th- this is kind of like a, a reboot. Seems almost like a, a reimagining. Um, a, you know, visually, to me, I thought it was kind of strange. It seems like you're playing as these kind of weird robot kind of entities. Um, But really, it's it's not... The, I'm not saying Bungie don't do good visuals, of course they do, but that's not what you go to Bungie for. It's all about the gameplay, about the gunplay, and this is going to be a a dedicated multiplayer shooter. And, you know, we, we, we know how much both of us are big fans of Halo and... and big fans of destiny in the, in the past and you know so of course we expect big big things from from a bungee multiplayer shooter and, and i i think you know the fact that it seems more contained might be really something that that appeals to me personally like something that i can jump jump on with my mates and, and play the odd time and, and just enjoy that that uh kind of elite level bungee shooter so I'm, I'm excited to see more of this one
0: yeah, no release date on that, but we know Bungie do occasionally do shows, but if there's no date on that, I'd guess twenty twenty four will probably next see that or maybe game of the year stuff. Um but might be a little while away. Uh, but Destiny two didn't um did not not show up. <laughs> uh my uh uh Cade is back, or more importantly, Nathan Fillion is back. Um Yes, it's almost a shame Stephen didn't I can get a chance to join us. Can't say why I can't join us. Um without making funny jokes about things. Um that sounds bad. It's nothing to do with Stephen. Um Yes, I played Lightfall Carl and I did like Bung- I did like Destiny, but Lightfall promised so much and it was kind of just shit. So I'm kind of burnt out with Destiny too now. So I mean I haven't
1: I haven't played Destiny 2 since the very first DLC. Like, I never even made it to any of the expansions. So I'm, I'm yeah. so far removed, it'd be very hard to get back into it. And I'm, I'm timid and hot about it sometimes. I know Steve was trying to convince us at one point to, to give it a try. And, and maybe someday I might be, be tempted. But it's always something I've enjoyed watching from the outside looking in because I, I am a former player of both Destiny 1 and 2. And you know, always intrigued to see kind of how the expansions are are received and and kind of how people react to them. And um, I I do gather life always was quite positive. Um and you know it was it did catch my ear when, when I heard I was like is that Nathan Fillion back because like Nolan North does a good job filling in for him but you you still know the difference and it, it's funny like my my wife adores Nathan Fillion like she. You know things like Firefly and and what's this, the rookie? Is is My shower, TikTok? Like
0: my TikTok is literally just the rookie. I, I've I've never watched it on TV. I've only I'm pretty sure I've seen every episode just on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, she, she
1: absolutely adores Nathan Fillion. So that's it, to fill her in that he's he's back in Destiny. But it, it's cool to have him back there. Like he's a great actor. I, what I'm very intrigued to see is will this game kind of contains some kind of tribute to Lance Reddick like to his you know will they give his character kind of a good send off you know obviously he's, he's not there to, to be in it but you know will they kind of give him let him go out in a blaze of glory you know kind of a hero's death or, or something like that and kind of maybe will the, also I think will this expansion be dedicated to him like I, I wouldn't be surprised I mean he was such a big part of not only as a character but he was a big player like he was mm-hmm. extreme destiny. like he's is massive, a massive part of things. So I'd be very intrigued to see how they handle that as well.
0: Yeah, I'm sad now. I forgot about that already. Sad times. Um, Concord uh, G- CGI. Yeah,
1: it didn't give much away, yeah. but it, it's simply intriguing because this is another studio, much like um, Haven, which we we started talked about start that 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 sony bought you know they 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 purchased them they, they've made some sony game. unlike haven they have made games in the past um they made that game that was uh, it was kind of like a system shock kind of inspired mm. game that that came it was also vr compatible but i actually own it i bought it like for about eight quid at one point but i can't remember off the top of my head what it was called um, but they, they are a studio that have priors with PlayStation, so they're not completely untested, like Haven. But they, this is the shooter I was going to allude into when we were talking about the Activision deal, and that, you know, inevitably Sony are going to bring out their own sh- shooters again. There's been long rumours that Gorilla have one team working on a, a shooter, which, you know, could be a new Killzone, could be a new, uh, a new um, Socom. That, that's been the rumour. Um, but it was obvious they're going to make their own shooters they're going to put their hand back in in the ring for that genre again and they kind of have to to a degree now that even though they're going to still have Call of Duty you know it belongs to to the rival now so I'm very intrigued to to see kind of more of this game you know see some non-CGI see what this game's all about and and ultimately in 2024 when it comes out see how it's received because I think it's going to be a big one for Sony you know they're putting a lot into this game
0: yeah, and obviously got almost a premiere position. Um, probably the third, third from last act. Uh, Gran Turismo movie, can't be asked talking about that. Project Q, um, Carl, it, obviously Nintendo's owned the portable stage for so long. Obviously, Xbox has its own cloudy things, as we mentioned at the start of the podcast. Um, but Project Q, I mean, firstly, it's ugly, but it's interesting that they're re-entering this market.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, it's, this is again, this is another thing that kind of leaked or like it had been revealed uh, ahead of time. Um, so we knew this was coming Um Obviously, we didn't know exactly when they were going to show their hand on this one. And obviously, they haven't given too much away yet. They've just said what it is, and it's still gone under Project Q. So, you don't even know what it's going to be called. I know a long time people have called for Sony to get back into the handheld game. You know, A lot of people love the Vita. Maybe it wasn't executed well with like the memory cards and that, but but people did love it. I mean, I I I'm I'm one of the few people in this world who who owns a Vita. I'm actually in the market for a second Vita because I want to jailbreak one. Um, cough, cough. But you know, it's unlikely they're ever going to get fully back into that market. I, I think now maybe they had a window of opportunity before the the likes of the Steam Deck and the new Asus thing. Um, which the, the name of is, is escaping me at the moment. Yes. Now I think that ship has sailed. But this is a nice medium. Um, I mean, it's it's it allows you to stream your PlayStation games. I actually over Christmas period I, I bought a backbone which allows you to kind of use your iPhone to stream yes. your PlayStation games, and I've dabbled around with it a bit. It, it's nice because you know I want to be able to play games, but at the same time you know and sit on my like, couch with my wife and the dog and there's a lot of games i play particularly like jrpgs and stuff which you don't necessarily need the big screen you know it's it's not a shooter or like a last of us kind of cinematic experience you know particularly when i'm playing like kind of a turn-based rpg you know i can play it on a small screen and you know be maybe watching something on tv at the same time so it's, it's a nice option to have and this is another way of doing that it's, it's you know it's and it's a, decent sized screen i think it's similar size to, to the switch and um, so i'm intrigued by this and i know some kind of people who know a lot more than i would when it comes to um kind of hardware and that have suggested that they, they think this would be quite cheap you know relatively speaking like that they you know to, to make it viable that they'll need to make it cheap and and they think it will be cheap so i think at the right p- price point this could be something that's very tempting to a lot of people
0: yeah, definitely. I think handheld and making your phones, consoles, etc. Uh, it's the ASOS uh ROG or ROG Ally, that's what's it called. Um or it was, and I've closed the tab stupidly. Let's go with that. <laughs> um but no, it's interesting that they um kinda going back into the handheld space, but it does look ugly. <laughs> um let's finish up with Spider Man two then, uh Carl. I've not it is it just, maybe it's just lacking polish, but some of it looked a bit more arcadey than I remember, but I might just be misremembering Spider-Man One and I thought I didn't play uh, Miles Morales. But it may it just looked so sort of slightly off from what I remember of the first one, but it still looked hella fun, but I might just be misremembering or it might just be needing that last-minute polish before release, that's the only thing I can say, but it looked excellent, and obviously the action set-piece we saw with the uh, boat chase um, looked fun, looked fantastic, and it'll be what I'll be definitely picking up.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone who's familiar with the podcast knows what a Spider-Man nerd I am, so this is certainly something that, that that got me excited and um, you know I've, I've platinumed the, the first Spider-Man I've platinumed Miles Morales I mean I got Miles Morales with my PS5 and um, I have plans to replay the first one that the PlayStation 5 version and, and play the DLC as well because I never got around to that for the first one um, I, I can't wait for this game. Obviously, I'm, I'm not expecting it to be kind of revolutionary. It's going to be more of the same, the way Miles Morales was, and um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, like Miles Morales was fantastic. I actually recently got um, Matt, who uh, guested on on this very podcast at one point when we covered The Witcher. I got him to play Miles Morales because he hadn't played it yet. He hadn't played the first Spider Man yet, yet either. And as I said to him, like Miles Morales is short; you in about 15 hours. And it, it's a really nice, contained experience. And he played it, and, and he loved it. And uh, I think now he's, he's him and on about playing the first Spider-Man, so that's, it's it's certainly gripped him in. Um, like, and I'd recommend anyone who's kind of looked at these games that maybe hasn't jumped in yet, jump in on Miles Morales, because you don't have to play the first one to play Miles Morales. And I think given its kind of more contained length, it might be the one that kind of brings you into to the series. Um, but, you know, as for Spider-Man too, as I said, it's not going to be revolutionary, but it, uh, I think it's, it's going to be more of what was great, but it's also going to give you a few new things to kind of keep it interesting. We saw some examples of that. Obviously, Spider-Man has the Venom suit, um, which gives him a, a lot of new powers. And Miles seems to have kind of the ability to, to glide, um, which kind of adds a new aspect to the traversing around the city which in itself can just be so enjoyable I, I, I spent just hours on that game just swinging around and, and just trying to do get around places faster and just like it really makes you feel like you, you're playing a Spider-Man and like I adored some of the Spider-Man games of the, the past you know the, the, the Neversoft game on the PlayStation the, the movie tie-ins on the PS2 like I really enjoyed those games but this you know, as, as I've talked about in the public, this is just next level Spider-Man experience. Like I, I cannot wait for this game and, and, and beyond that, obviously as well, to see what they, they do at Wolverine, you know, based on what they've done here. Like I this, this, this is another kind of day one purchase for me.
0: Yeah. Insomniac is, is the one I'm probably most jealous of with Sony, to be honest. Um, it's a weird thing. Uh, but no, they just make excellent games. and Well well done, Microsoft. For fucking that up. <laughs> Um But they wouldn't have had Spider-Man if they didn't go to Sony. Um, yeah, i will buy this straight away. It'll, it'll be excellent. <clears throat> I might try and cram in Mild Morales in the time being as well, just because. Um, but that was it for the show. Carl. I mean, you did do general thoughts on the, at the start. Some interesting things to look forward to. Some of them... Um, quite a bit well we don't know how far away really uh, but what was your game of the uh, event um,
1: obviously Spider-Man you know for, for me but that's that's just there's a lot of bias there you know obviously my love for the past games and my love for the, the character in, in general but in in terms of maybe what caught my eye that wouldn't necessarily yeah, i wouldn't have been expecting um i i'd say it was phantom Blade hero like i mean I, I think that was a really yeah. impressive first showing for a game and as i said it, i'm not going to run ahead and say i'm going to get it now because as i said it is a very very much you know a it's a flooded genre subgenre rather you know this this um you know samurai s souls like you know there's so many of them these days so it'll have to do a lot in terms of gameplay and that to stand out from the crowd and, and properly catch my my intrigue and, and potentially my business but I mean in terms of a first showing it was really really strong and I gather I'm not the only one who thought that how about yourself
0: uh, I'll go with Dragon's Dogma 2 because I think we all kind of knew what Spider-Man 2 would be which is obviously very good but something different anyway uh dragons dogma 2 yeah look, looks like my cup of tea rpg uh world looks fun <clears throat> combat looks like it does the job could be good as well probably need to hand uh, hands-on experience of that and yeah i just love an rpg um so i'll go with that and i can't wait i, I want to see more of that to be fair so hopefully capcom do do something in the uh in the summertime um but we'll finish up there, Carl. I mean, any any last thoughts on anything before we go?
1: No, just, just glad we could finally get this, get this done. And I'm, I'm looking, you know, I've enjoyed talking about games again. I'm looking forward to, to more. And, and hopefully uh, Stephen can join us as the the third chair on the next one. I I think it's probably a good thing he wasn't here in that this this pod's gone longer than we expected anyway. And if he'd been here once we hit that, that bungee section, you, you could have easily tacked on another hour there easily with with how much he loves to
0: talk about destiny. What does my min say, well it was shit. And I'd be like, no, it's not shit. It's fun. I'd be like, but it was shit. <laughs> uh but anyway. We will finish up there and as Carl said, hopefully Stephen can can join us and we can uh, talk to him about stuff depending on what he's allowed to talk about. <laughs> uh but anyway, thank you everyone for listening to Buzz. I almost said one up there. Uh I'm not sure when we'll be back, but we have the Xbox showcase uh on the Eleven. I think it's the eleventh. Um so we'll get definitely be back for that at the very least. And if we can think of a topic in between or any news breaks, we'll be here to cover it on buzz. But thank you everyone for listening. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.